0: Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Greg Piatelli talking all things All-Star Break. We go through the first half, talk about our biggest surprises compared to our expectations coming into 2019. We give quick picks for the Home Run Derby, which I'm going to talk about in a second Before previewing the All-Star game, what we like, what we dislike, all that good stuff. Then we go through the second half and what we are expecting, what we want to see, what we're hoping, a little bit of trade talk. It was a lot of fun to record. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Search ThunderBLG on Twitter. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website. But before we begin, got to talk the Home Run Derby. Greg and I recorded this right before it started, so we gave a quick pick, like I mentioned before. But I just got done watching it. Greg and I were going to maybe try to do an emergency segment, but he had to pass out because it is about 1115 and we both got to work tomorrow. But I got to talk about this. It was incredible, guys. If you did not watch this, go watch the highlights. They're going to be all over Sports Center or whatever you watch. ESPN.com, Yahoo Sports, wherever you check everything out. Twitter, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., breakout star. He was incredible. Ends up losing to Peter Alonzo, but sets the record in the first round. Breaks Josh Hamilton's record for a single round of 29. Matches it again in the second round, only for Chuck Peterson to tie him. They go to a tiebreaker. They go to two more swing-offs. Guerrero pulls it out, goes to the final round. Peter Alonzo faces off with Carlos Santana in the first round. Santana doesn't put up a ton, so Alonso does not need his full allotted time as the 2 seed. Then in the second round he goes up against Ronald Acuña. Acuña puts up over 20 homers and Alonso once again doesn't need the full time, doesn't need the bonus 30 seconds, and he didn't need it again against Acuña. Acuña might have been tired. But it was insane. It was a ton of fun. If you didn't check this out, you got to go see the highlights. Guerrero is a household name. Peter Alonzo's a household name. They're both rookies. The future of baseball is brighter than ever. The fact that the reigning rookie of the year basically came in third place, was a semifinalist. It's just awesome to see. I am so happy for baseball. Took less time than a normal game and was full of action from start to finish. Let me know what you guys think because I'm still in disbelief over it, and it was so much fun to watch. <laughs> But enjoy the episode guys Let us know what you think in the comments And here we go And we are live Welcome episode of the bullpen card podcast presented by Thunderblocksports.com. i of course am jordy cannell the g-man and joining me as always is my man from boston greg the prophet piatelli how are you my friend couldn't be better jordy um you know we
1: had a thunderstorm the other night which broke the heat wave and uh without divulging too much information personally uh we do live high up uh you know my roommate and i live high up uh in our apartment building the top floor of our apartment building so it is okay not in a fancy way it's so it it is super hot there's no central AC, all that stuff it's just pure windows and and window fans um so the heat wave breaking was nice but i'll you know can't complain about the heat and then can't complain about the cold so you know what i mean can't can't have me at my best and love me at my worst what is it yeah Oh, it's great.
0: <laughs> no, that's good to know. Yeah, but um, the heat you was me, was right? tough down here and yeah, the, the humidity comes back quick, but the temperature's at least gotten lower and lower and today it finally was in the 80s and and felt nice taking the dog out and all that to walk around rather than the dog immediately panting, feeling sticky all around. Yeah, um which is nice. Hopefully it stays that way. I'm moving over the over this upcoming weekend, so hopefully it's not too uh hot out that I'm slip and fall and all that shit when I'm trying to carry my crap around Philadelphia. I feel you. But anyway, yeah. So we are back. We took a week off as a housekeeping note. We uh, missed last week, the 4th of July and me starting a new job made timing a little tough for me and Greg, but we decided to record tonight, Monday night before the home run Derby, do a little all-star game preview, a little mid season podcast. If you're new this year, Greg and I have done this the last couple years where We kind of give out our biggest surprises, some thoughts on the first half, talk a little about the all-star game, what we want to see out of that. And then what we're expecting in the second half, any big storylines we think might happen. Uh, It's a fun one to look back on when we finally get to the pennant chase and and the playoffs as Greg and I both know, that's where raise watch 2018 began last year was on this episode. So Greg, it's one of my favorites to record and I think we got a lot to talk about. It was uh, a fun first half. And I think the second half is going to be just as fun. Yeah,
1: I don't disagree. And, and some of the teams that, uh, beginning of the year, we predicted them to be division winners, uh, got hot at the right time and finished the second half. Very strong. Uh, and some teams that, uh, started off strongly and, or surprises sort of started to taper a little bit and the break came at the perfect time for them. So, it's uh sort of a good parameter now of how many of what we got left. And I know we're past the technical halfway point in terms of games, but this is what the MLB calls a halfway point. And the national league, at least the national league itself um, between the wild card and the, and the central division races is going to be an unbelievable second half.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Correct me if I'm wrong. I remember last year the All-Star game was really late. So at least this year we're closer to the actual halfway mark. Last year we were like – the All-Star game was like July 18th instead of July 8th or July 9th will be tomorrow. But I remember – I just remember – I think it was the 4th of July threw it off and the game was in Washington. I think that was part of it. But I was going to yeah, say, uh, I, wonder, I wonder how they choose it every year, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I don't know if it has something to do with – in however many weeks to the, the uh, trade deadline and all that stuff. But I know with the now single deadline, I think having the all-star game right in that first 10 days of July, give teams a couple of weeks weeks, of to figure out which way they're going to go. And I think that's going to be probably the biggest storyline. We're not to jump too far ahead, but that's going to be a lot to, to figure out there. But you mentioned it with the first half of some teams that started off hot and have stayed hot. Some teams started off hot, got cold. Some teams started cold and got hot. So let's jump into it, Greg. We're going to do some surprises. And do you want to start in the American League? Biggest surprises there? Uh,
1: I mean, the biggest surprise has to be Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, a team that we were talking about potentially s- being the last team in for the wild card game um, went out and has – only one win off of the Astros and the Yankees' pace with fifty six, same amount of losses as the Astros. So, um, you know, and and also tied for the league, league in all of baseball in team run scored. So, yep, uh, an unbelievable season for them. Unbelievable start, I should say for them. They have the highest run differential, all, or second highest in all of baseball. Um, but definitely, to me, and I would hope to you as well, the least surprise of the year will should be the twins.
0: Yeah. They uh they've been incredible. Their offense has been clicking on all levels. You mentioned it tied for the top runs scored in major league baseball, one of the best run differentials. Their pitching staff, if uh you couldn't gather it from there, has been pretty outstanding as well. Um I mean starting starting pitching from top to bottom has just been Awesome from them. They have Jake Rizzi at 10 w- wins. They have a couple guys knocking on the double-digit door with, with uh Kyle Gibson and Martin Perez at eight wins apiece. Well, Michael Pineda's at six wins, Jose Barrios up at eight as well. Uh and their bullpen's pretty solid, at least on the back end. Their um their middle relief is okay, but it's it's there's some guys that fire on all cylinders, some guys that don't. But I think that that and, and how consistent their offense has been are probably the 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 two big reasons for it some acquisitions that have really started to pay some serious dividends uh, and guys that have been awesome for them to put it simply <laughs> from top to bottom like a max kepler jonathan shope the guy they got last year at the tra- at the trade deadline from baltimore has really been uh, outstanding for them and yeah, I mean from from top to bottom this lineup can really just put can really do some damage and, and start a rally wherever and that's exactly what you need especially in the American League where you have nine full batters no pitching um and yeah, I mean they they this is a story that I hope continues to go because they're a team who has a t- has their looked like it was going to be the usual AL Central story where traditionally it's been the Indians the last few years going Double-digit leads and kind of maintaining that, and and never really having to to go into a full chase in September. So it's sort of a question mark of how of how how prepared they are going to the playoffs. But the Indians, all of a sudden, are now only five and a half games back. So they start the uh, the second half of the year with a series in Cleveland this weekend. So they're just basically just going to stay there after the All Star Game, and that could could change the conversation entirely when we're talking next week about the, the AL central. So it's going to be a really fun race race to watch. And I'm excited to see how this team does.
1: Yeah. And, and for the longest time it was Joe Mauer's team, right. And, and Joe Mauer's sort of yep. legacy on, on the city and to think that they're reinventing themselves right in front of us, you know, and doing it without, a huge name, and without the Francisco Larianos and the, you know, the big pitchers and the hitters that they've had. Um, you mentioned Kepler is having a great year, and um, you know, it's it's definitely a nice surprise.
0: Yeah, and the craziest thing too, Greg, is is like you mentioned, we've been seeing this rebuild in front of our eyes. And a couple of years ago, they had that hot start, really faded out. Two years ago, they made the wild card game. They had that insane game against the Yankees but the big name that we've heard for the last couple of years is it's going to be the Byron Bruxton show. Just watch out. He's really young. They're calling him up, you know, they called him up quick, but he's going to, he's going to get settled into the big leagues and just watch out. It's going to be his and two fifty nine homers from a, from a center fielder is, you know, you, you'd hope for a better batting average, but nine homers and 42 ribbies with 50, with 43 runs scored is still, you know, a decent enough, enough number, but of their everyday starters, it's the, it's the lowest batting average. So, when this guy is supposed to be the face of your franchise and everyone else is is performing well around him, if this guy really does finally get it going, leads the team in stolen bases, and he gets it up to 270, 280, his home runs stay the same. If he hits 20 homers and has 80 RBI, as a guy who hits towards the bottom third of the lineup, I mean, that's awesome statistically on a power number. But think about if he gets up close to 30 stolen bases and that team comes into the playoffs, that's something where... All of a sudden, this team could be down three one, three two. Late in a game, he gets on base. His on base percentage he has he only has twenty walks. If he starts drawing more and he gets on base more than three fourteen, that can re- be the real start of a you know the real spark that they might be able to need. So watch out. These guys, top to bottom, like I said, can really get it going wherever.
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned it a little bit. They they're doing it not the Yankee way with. Stupid amount of home runs. They're doing it with stolen bases, and you know, really, yeah, they do hit the long ball, and they they do put some.
0: Yeah, they have nine guys with over ten homers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they, they Buxton, do. Or no, ten. Excuse me, so is, is is down there as well.
1: Yeah, they do. They do do hit the long ball, but at the same time, they they. they uh, but they, they grind out home runs, They do like they run. grind
0: out. They grind out runs. Yeah, they do like to run. Yeah, I mean, and, and kind of to put the emphasis on that point of just spreading the, the wealth around, Jorge Polanco has 42 RBI, Nelson Cruz is at 46. Then they have three guys over 50 with Kepler, C.J. Krohn, and Eddie Rosario is at 60. So, I mean, really, anywhere in this lineup, they can figure out how to get guys around. And I think, too, the, the other part of this is that they have a great bench. They have a great catching core with, with Mitch Garver. And I'm trying to find who their backup catcher is, but regardless, they're, I mean, they're able just to, to, to do it where they can. They have that every day, that every day nine that they throw out there, but they have a great bench, which I think is widely underrated, especially on the American side, American League side of it, where pinch hitting and the double switch isn't as much of a factor as in the NL. But if you need to plug in a guy and have it go like that, I think it's something that's huge for them.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Definitely, for me, has to be the number
0: one. Yeah, the biggest surprise. Well, uh, uh, storyline, too. Is, yeah, a great storyline. Um, another one for me is it's going to be Texas is going to be my my number two, just mainly because of the fact that we didn't really expect too much out of this team. And they're right up there with the Oakland A's for second place in the, in the NL West. And that's good enough to be... You're right on the outside of an AL wildcard chase, but they're right there. They're only uh, a, a game behind the Red Sox <clears throat> on there. The run differential is positive. A lot of guys that we thought could hit for power, maybe not necessarily for average are doing that. Joey Gallo is the biggest name. You're going to see a lot of them at the home run derby, or you might have, if you're listening to this Tuesday or later. Um, yeah. And their pitching staff, uh, Greg has been, has been pretty great. And, I don't know if this team is going to be able to keep up with that pace. I mean, they're right now they're they're Like I mentioned on the outside, looking in on the wild card race uh, behind Oakland, behind Cleveland, behind Boston and Tampa Bay. So I don't know if they, if this is something where they come out cold after the all-star break, they hit the road with a lot of AL West opponents. If we start to hear some of the names on their team out on the trade deadline market, like a Lance Lynn, like a Mike minor, like some of their bats, although I don't know if, uh, if any of those names would be, would be available, at least not for a cost that, that Texas would, would probably be asking for, for the likes of a no Mazara Mazzara, or maybe even, I don't think they're trading Joey Gallo, but Hunter yeah, but Pence gotta, like, is
1: somebody that they may. Uh, yeah. I was going to say Hunter Pence definitely could yeah. be on there. And, yeah. and you're right. I mean, that is a good storyline and they're still very much in the, the wild card race, um, you know, sort of in the chase at the very least. And it has been a good storyline. Um, and sort of a surprise team and a team that no one really expected to be in this position. And I think a lot of that is a, you know, a credit to how poor the rest of the division is. And you could argue that the rest of
0: the, well, not the rest, but the majority of the American league. Yeah. They can really capitalize on Seattle going ice, ice cold after uh, their white hot start. And being able to beat up on them, the Angels, it's been the story for however many years. Outside of Mike Trout and now Otani, they really can't get anything going. And their pitching staff has been abysmal. But that's the other thing about Texas is that outside of Minor and and, uh, and Lance Lynn, their offense has been making up for, for lackluster pitching. So at some point, I feel like the water is going to find its level. And I feel like Texas is probably going to be one of the bigger names that we hear shopping around players. Um, maybe Detroit—they have a few guys that they might want to try to try to move around. But at the same time, if they feel like holding on to them and and getting their prospects up too, Detroit might hold on to some guys. So I feel like Texas is probably at least of American League teams selling. They're probably the first name that you're going to be hearing a lot of in the next three weeks. Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing
1: is that they they have bullpen guys, and that's sort yeah. of a huge need. I can think of at least one team in the American league that needs bullpen guys. And, um, know, yeah, I think it's, I think it's true for most.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. I can think of many teams that, that need help there and, uh, some in the hunt and some that aren't, um, any other surprises that we go on before we go into disappointments or things that we, that, uh, we're going to be looking for out of American league teams. Um,
1: honestly, no, I think, I, I, th- I, without being that guy but I honestly think that it's sort of played out with the exception of the Red Sox it's played out the way we wanted and and uh, the way we predicted the only obviously the only glaring difference is the Red Sox but we always knew it was going to be a one it was going to be a three team race to top the AL East and with the Yankees Rays Red Sox and the biggest surprise I think I mean we figured that the third place team uh, both the second and third place team in the east would be in contention for the wild card if yep. not one of them locked up the wild card and the other one would be fighting with a team like minnesota if you will for that last place wild card spot which is exactly what's happening with the top three teams in the east so yep honestly yeah the red sox is a disappointment and their bullpen is the sole reason why it's happening because their offense they put up the most runs in all of baseball um but it's just their bullpen and pitching that's been miserable. But yeah, to me, I mean, that's not really a surprise. It's it's because we predicted that that division was going to be that tough the whole time. So,
0: yeah, that's, that's a good point. And kind of, kind of a surprise, I guess, um, would be more of a minor surprise is, is the Tampa Bay offense being as good as it's been. Um, I mean, 100 or 415 runs is 19th best in baseball but they have the lowest earned run average and the least amount of runs let up, which you kind of expected. You figured their pitching staff was going to be good with Blake Snell having uh, being the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner, they're, them getting Charlie Morton uh, in the offseason. Yanni Chirinos has been great as well. It'll be really interesting to see how they how they continue to go as the season goes along, but their offense has been pretty fun to watch. I mean, they have all these different dudes that they've picked up throughout the years through different trades and whatnot uh, that have really been, been tearing the cover off. Well, Austin Meadows leading the way for him. Tommy fan, the former Cardinal doing doing the, the job as well. But yeah, I mean, I I'm a little surprised that they're on pace right now to get close to 100 runs tampa bay is or uh, 100 wins excuse me 100 runs would be uh, a very poor season (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean with the yankees on the pace they're at you figure they're probably they've got to slow down a little bit at some point um so you figure that the the red sox they're probably they're definitely going to add somebody that's that's the Dombrowski mo of being active at the at the trade deadline to, to especially to try to to acquire some some pitching arms. So you figure their bullpen's going to get better. You figure the Yankees are going to cool off a little bit. So that's going to be probably one of the biggest things to look out for in baseball, not just even in the American League, is to see that race tighten up between those three teams, see how Tampa Bay if Tampa Bay's offense can continue to Really outpace its its pitching, or or kind of, or maybe even the reverse. If its pitching is going to continue to do what it's done, um, but I I would expect the AL East race to tighten up, and that September race to be outstanding. Yeah, no, and and I think it's difficult
1: because the Yankees have having all these injuries coming into the year. It was all these names that you didn't expect. Uh, it was all these names that we were talking about at the beginning of the year are not the names that are producing for them, uh, I guess I sh- should say. And, and it's a testament to the farm system, a testament to the rebuilding that they went through. And, and um, you know, that's the only credit I'm going to give to them. But, Jordy, what do you got for uh, National League stories?
0: Yeah, National League, biggest surprise to me has got to be – I hate to say the Cubs versus the computer storyline was was – somewhat accurate but the fact that the nl central is actually as close as the computers thought it was going to be with the cubs leading it right now entering the all-star break and cincinnati being only four and a half games out that's going to be the biggest surprise to me because it look you saw this on paper the cubs were predicted say, by you
1: want yeah i was gonna say do you want yeah, r- so to
0: remind everybody of the the cubs versus the computer storyline 538 nate silver's website i think nlb An- analytics and one other site they ran their simulations and had the NL Central basically being the winner had 92 games and the the last place team, which two of them had the Cubs at this, was like an was or uh no not 92 it was like 84 wins and the last place team had like 79 wins, five game differ or differential between the top and the bottom Cubs on the bottom, it seemed ridiculous because the Reds it seemed like that they had all these acquisitions that weren't that we call Greg and I refer to this as the the San Francisco Giants of I think it was two years ago a lot of big name acquisitions it's probably not going to work out it's I mean they're in last place right now but they're they have a positive run differential which the Brewers and Pirates can't speak for the Pirates have been great and have and have one of the best first basemen at least right now in baseball the Cardinals are playing 500 ball despite having kind of this up and down year and then the Cubs and and Brewers which we thought was going to be the chase they're only two games up on on st louis so i think that's probably my biggest surprise is that is that the projections actually ended up being right the cubs despite having twice the run differential that cincinnati has and almost 70 more more positive in terms of runs at plus 55 versus milwaukee's negative 17 um the fact that that division is so close is astounding to me greg I hear you, but at the same time, it was that
1: close last year. Granted, the Reds weren't in it.
0: Um, That's a good point. That's and, a very good point.
1: The Reds weren't Reds weren't as doing as well as they are this year, mind you. They're they're four and a half behind, but six games in the win column. Um, yep. And based on today's projections, which is All Star break, we'll just go with that. They, you know, the computer eighty four wins is right on it. So, um, you know, my point being that the it's not a, that huge. I guess the reds would be the storyline that you're referring to. Um, and the Cubs not being in last is, is also a big one um, for sure. So I agree with you in the, in the reds certainly making the splash and having the Harvey and the SL Puig and, and making these big names that typically know, doesn't work.
0: least Castillo too. Yeah. He's having an outstanding year.
1: Exactly. And things and moves like that typically don't work out. You know, it's, it's, Guys that were big in their prime, whatever yeah. however many years ago not that Puig is out of his prime but you know what I'm saying for me oh, Joey, yeah, I know. yeah for me, I think the biggest surprise um, and I hate to say a surprise but it's is the nationals that
0: they've, you know, that they've gotten it back together the, the fact that they're leading the wild card the fact yes. that they're you know the they've better record than the Brewers. Yeah, the fact that they have Shit, 40- the Phillies have a better record than the than the Brewers. Yeah.
1: But I'm saying the fact that the Nationals have 47 I wins. I don't need to panic, Craig. Oh. Are we on Phillies Phillies back in the playoff mix? No, I mean <laughs> they, they are currently. <laughs> yeah. And let's let's keep it on let's keep it on the Nationals first and then we'll talk about the watch for the second half of the year because oh. maybe that's one of our watches. But yeah. um for me it has to be the Nationals because coming into the year everyone's like, oh you know you lose Bryce Harper you lose all these players all these big names all these moves they've done in the last 3 years uh at well, the and they had
0: a lot of injuries to start the year too yeah but you know
1: they did all these moves the last couple of years to win world series knowing that the Bryce potential era his era was done um you know coming up all those guys not all those guys but a lot of those guys left and what are they left with they're left with the one of the best starting pitching staffs in all of baseball, still, um, and an offense that is doing enough to win games. And they're coming in to the All Star break hot, ten wins yep. in a, t- or eight of the last ten. Um, and like I said, leading the All Star, leading the way for the National League All Star, hosting the All Star. Sorry, Wild Card game. Thank you at the All Star break. Yes, holy
0: bleep. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. Their offense is doing a great job. Uh, well, well, you might have uh, stumbled your way there, kind of like uh, a couple teams did into the All Star break. But yeah. yeah, you figured Rendon, Soto, and Turner were going to get it done, and then they lost Turner for nearly thirty games. Uh, but they all they're all batting like you thought they were going to. Soto down at projected right now only have thirty and a hundred and hundred and ten RBI. If uh, through a full season, Rendon at twenty homers. Turner, we need to simulate, you know, super sim 30 games. But Howie Kendrick, a guy who played for the Phillies a couple years ago and was abysmal as a Philly, hadn't really been that great as a national, really, up until this year. He's gotten that shot and he's batting 320. He has 12 homers, 47 ribbies. He's scored 39 of them themselves. They have a great catching core with Kurt Suzuki leading the way for them there of he's had 11 homers and, and 38 ribbies and 50 games played. And then a number of other guys that have been getting the job done for them. They plug and play a lot of different players, especially throughout the outfield and at first base too, because they've had some injuries there, but they, when these guys, their numbers get called, they step up in the, in the big moment. And it's a big reason why the, the month of June and extending into July, they've been so hot that they've taken over third, third or second place in the in the division over the Phillies and and now lead the wild card so i mean all props to them and you mentioned it i mean their their starting staff has been exactly what we thought it was going to be with Strasburg not Scherzer having the better record at the all-star break right now but Scherzer being absolutely absurd greg he right now is pr- the, he has probably on pace for at least 300 strikeouts. I'm just trying to do the math in my head right now and probably close to 200 and he probably will get up to 220 in terms of innings pitched, which is absurd. Completely absurd. And I mean, not
1: since the days of Pedro, we've seen someone this good, this dominant, this effective. And in the Cy Young talk every year for a three, four year stretch.
0: Um, and I say Pedro because he's the only one that was clean doing it at the time. um, so, and Pedro, he and Pedro too are, I think, the only two guys to win the Cy Young at both in both leagues. Scherzer and Pedro. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, so it's a good comparison. Thank you. To you. I mean, <laughs> are we surprised? No, just kidding. I mean, yeah. The way I've been talking today, pat, pat, pat yourself. Yeah. Right. Um. Right
1: in the back. So yeah, I mean, for me, it it has to be that. I, I think another storyline that people are surprised about would be the Mets, but at the same time. I don't think you and I were high on the Mets as high as everyone else was. So
0: yeah, a lot of people were pretty excited about them, and, and I mean their team. They're another team that that could use bullpen help, but at this point, you don't really want to waste any sort of, and you want to waste assets when you're seven behind the Phillies, you're seven and a half behind the Nationals, you're thirteen and a half behind Atlanta. Um, and I, I mean, I'm under the impression that Atlanta can't stay as hot as they were through June, just like a Washington was, but. Uh, I might have some bias there, but yeah, the Mets. No,
1: but yeah. That's my boys. that like, coming to the year I was yeah. like, Oh, they got Cano. They got this. They got the pitching. If they can stay healthy, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But
0: I think you and I knew what they were going to be from the beginning. Um, yeah, I mean, but- we, but we also didn't think that their aside from Edwin D- Diaz, that their bullpen was anything that special. And Diaz S hasn't been, completely lights out for him. They use him a ton. And that's why the Phillies were able to, when they four game swept him a couple weeks ago, that's why they were able to pull that out was because they had seen Diaz so often. So, I mean, they have a lot of blown saves, Seth Lugo, Gelselman, and Diaz of four basher has, has three himself. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I wonder, yeah, that's a, that's a good one though. Cause that, that was something like everybody thought the NL East was going to be, aside from the Marlins was going to be this division that was going to be everybody beating up on each other. And the Mets have scored a ton of runs. Their, their pitching staff's just been pretty. Yeah, meh.
1: no, and it's giving the Red Sox bullpen a run
0: for their money. Yeah, and you could argue that the Mets have been this way for a couple of years. So, um. yeah, you might even. I mean, I don't think they're going to trade away Diaz, but that's something that if if somebody offers uh, Brody Van Wagenen a uh, <laughs> enough there, that's their that's his name. It's the GM's name. It's just fun to say. Um, if they offer him some enough of a package to try to, they're trying to go for the world series um, just like, just like the Yanke- the Yankees getting all those different prospects from the, from the Cubs that are now up that are now up in now up in the Bronx. Yeah. Somebody offers Ch- that, Chapman, that type of a deal for Chapman. Yeah. For they Chapman got, who went who back they got to back, New York. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time it, it won the Cubs the world series. So yeah, exactly. That, that's my point though, is that if it's some sort of deal like that, I mean, maybe maybe he pulls the trigger there because it's just such a the throwaway year at this point. You're ten games under five hundred. Yeah, unlikely knowing the
1: Mets, but you're right. I think uh, yeah. I think it's something that needs to be looked at for them for them for sure.
0: I mean, we've seen crazier trade deadline Mets trades before, but uh, <laughs> we don't really need we don't need to jump jump on them too hard. They already have Bobby Bonilla day. Then their then their farm team let the let the trees behind their stadium on fire on the Fourth of July. Been a, you know, July is just not the Mets month.
1: I mean, you got to tell that story.
0: Have you not seen this? So, for those that don't know, on the 4th of July, the St. Lucie Mets, where the Mets have their spring training facilities, they had a fireworks display, as, as, as most teams and, and most cities do. But the fireworks, I don't know if it was because of wind or they just didn't know where the, the sparks were going to land, set the trees behind the stadium on fire. Mm. So... Yeah, quite the visual representation of the Mets season in the farm system. So it, now is that where Tim problems, Tebow is? No, he's with. Uh, I think he's still with Bingham Timmer. He might have gotten called up to AAA. That's a good. Po- that's a good question, though. Uh, Unlikely. He's terrible. He, they hate him. Uh, let's I don't see. know why. He currently, according to Major League Minor League Baseball dot com, yeah, he's with the Syracuse Mets right now. Nice. Ooh, terrible pick of him though. He has the uh, the Dontrelle Willis tilted cap, Greg, on his uh, full bio. Oh, well, when you're batting one something, that's what you get. Yeah, right now Tim Tebow, 2019 Miners, padding 158 with four homers and 19 ribbies. Yeah, not great. Not too great.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, what do you got? What's next? All Star Game? Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, let's do All-Star Game, and then we'll we'll circle back and do our expectations for the uh, the rest of the season. But yes, All-Star Break 2019 from Cleveland, Ohio. Greg, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year, the MLB All-Star Game. I don't even think it's a debate. The best All-Star Game presentation, the best, if you want to call the Home Run Derby a skills competition, the best, what? and the best game. What? You don't think so? What? What do you the think? Best, where, where am I wrong? The best game. The best presentation. What? The bet. The best week. It's the best week. It's the best break. Stop. What? You, you are you a fan of the celebrity basketball game? No. I'm at the at of the-, the NBA All Star game where they go to New Orleans every two years. No, I'm fan. Of, I'm a fan of the NHL All Star game. Um. Yeah, the three on three is cool now, but it's still it's the same it's the same problem that I have at the Pro Bowl same problem I have with the NBA all-star game there at least the three on three. There's a little more defense than there was. Yeah. There's a million dollars at stake. Of course there's defense. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. And there's a million dollars now on the line at the home run Derby, which did you catch them say this during the, uh, the selection show when they unveiled the bracket the night before the 4th of July that. No. So Carl ravage when they're really, when they're unveiling the bracket, Goes, I think we might need to be a little more stingent with the ball needs to land rule. Cause last year they admitted that they were just letting Bryce Harper's dad throw the pitch as soon as the ball crossed the plane of, of being a home run rather than when right. it landed. So now so now they're right, now, now that's, they're gonna be now that's actually, if there's a million dollars on the line. They're gonna actually wait for the ball and tell the tell the uh the the pitcher to wait until it's landed.
1: Yeah, I think that's a smart uh my rule there for sure um yeah so let's go right into the home run derby what do you i mean who do you who you look?
0: who you think's gonna win yes so let's let's sort of get everybody caught up christian yelich not in the home run derby now he decided to pull out because he claimed a bat for to for his back, he said he has some back pains and doesn't want to exert it. But he is starting in the in the in the All Star game tomorrow, which we'll jump into in a minute. So your whole field this year is Matt Chapman is the one seed taking over for Yelich, taking on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the eight seed. Bregman versus Jack Peterson at the four five. So they those those two winners will take on each other. Josh Bell and Ronald Acuna Jr. at the three six, and Pete Alonzo and Carlos Santana, the hometown hero, at the two seven. I'd like to think that the, the person who comes out of the Bella Cunha Alonzo Santana side of the bracket is going to win. I think Josh Bell could really do some damage. I think Alonzo could really do some damage in Santana. Obviously it's his home park. He knows how he's a switch hitter, so he can bat left-handed, which is apparently the handedness that is required to or that. Well, that'll give you an advantage, not a requirement. Um, and then is dangerous as well. Um I'm going to go with with Pete Alonso though. I think he's going to have a he's going to have a, a big showing on the uh his first his first uh first big stage we'll call it. Uh I love it.
1: Um that's the Mets the guy from the Mets, right? Yeah, it's First baseman from the Mets. So I uh, he was my he was my third pick. Okay. And then Santana, I think.
0: Yeah, if there's, I almost want to come, say the winner of the Santana-Alonso uh, first round matchups is going to win. Pressure though that
1: comes with being the hometown guy.
0: Um, my,
1: I'm picking with my heart. I'm going to pick with my heart. I'm going Vlad Jr.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, Have you seen the video of him? taking batting practice for the of home course run Derby. I've seen the video of him. Just it's incredible. If you haven't seen this, it's and you. If you follow baseball, which you certainly are, if you're listening to me and Greg ramble about this random shit, the video is all around Twitter. And it looks almost like just a fucking gif of somebody throwing darts in and him hitting liners out of fucking left field. And it's incredible.
1: Yeah. And, and you could hear them in the video. Uh, just sort of, it was filmed by a player or man, someone, and you could just hear them being like, "No, wait for the ball to land. Wait for the ball to land." Yeah. Going over the rules, doing that whole thing, and uh, I think I, I gotta, I gotta go with my guy. Yeah, Not that he's my yeah, guy. Yeah. But I, I talked about him last year. I think you and I brought him up, me specifically, but I think we brought him up last year as a, you know, one of our September calls we were most looking forward to, and. uh, I'm not gonna but lie, Jordy. She did
0: not get called up.
1: <laughs> and, uh, but my point is, I'm not gonna lie, Jordy. I, uh, I think I'm going with my heart. I think I'm gonna pick with yeah. my heart.
0: He has. He definitely has the uh, Cespedes upside of a dude who just hits fucking dingers and really would be an electric an electric player throughout the whole tournament. Uh, it's nice that like that we get the tournament aspect to it here, and it's the timed. Because when Cespedes went, you had all the all the different shit of that. You still had a number of outs, and they were fucking around with how it went. Um, that's one thing that's probably been the most. I think we talk about this every year. This is the third year we've covered that we've done that we've done the podcast. That the the timed home run derby is probably the best thing baseball could do. Because now you finally get to see, you get to see the winner at ten o'clock instead of at like one a.m. And it's just so much fun. It adds such a cool a uh, a cool flair to it.
1: Oh yeah, big time. way so much better. Um, definitely more entertainment value, and the home run derby always dragged. And you know, it was it was just a the Chris Berman show. Um, yeah, and I'm so glad which we got away think, from that. I'm so glad we got away from think, it. And I think that's why I think I hate the Major League Baseball All Star Game because yeah, you could say they're trying, but
0: they're not trying. They, they, well, no, eat, it's not even you know. that they're not trying. It's just a, it's a, it's a good game. It's a solidly played game. You get to see it's not a, a lot game. of different guys.
1: They, they're throwing meatballs up there, right? They're throwing meatballs. It's like when, uh, it's like uh, when, wh- who, who, who was the pitcher a couple years ago? The guy who grooved
0: it in. The guy who grooved it in for Jeter.
1: Yeah. Who was that?
0: <laughs> was that Hernandez? RIP. Was, was that Hernandez? RIP. Uh, I'm going to look this up, but yeah, explain that, that to everybody when I, while I look that up. Yeah, it was it was Jeter's last All Star
1: game, 2014. Last All Star game, and and this guy grooved a grooved a eighty something mile an hour fastball in there, so Jeter could just tee off on it in a home run. Yeah. Um, and then I think Ortiz was the next batter, and he threw a hundred miles an hour and was trying to strike out Ortiz, and Ortiz was pissed. <laughs> uh, it was Adam Wainwright of the Cardinals. But I'm I'm thinking of there was a.
0: Hernandez did it too. He was too. the starter. No, Wayne Ray, yeah. Um, um no, so- do you know, Greg, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you in the 2014 All-Star game, do you know who the final roster spot was voted in for the American League was? I don't. It was Chris Sale of the nice. White Sox. And he, he got it over Dallas Keichel, the Astros the year before Keichel won the, the Cy Young Award. Corey Kluber of the Indians and Rick Porcello of the Tigers. Damn. Yeah. Um, all pre-Red Sox. That is crazy. So
1: and and that's the thing, like you know, at least the NHL, like if you go half speed, you get hurt. So that's why they're they're going full speed. Three on three, it's
0: it's Goals go lower. They're one-two, though. Baseball, hey, uh, baseball, uh, like, baseball and, and and hockey are one-two. The Pro Bowl and the NBA All-Star games suck.
1: Yeah, and that's, they agreed. And the thing that frustrates me the most about Major League Baseball is, without being a dick, you're you're trying to watch the players on your team. Sure. sure. And if you're if your guy's not a starter, then you have no idea when he's going in the game. You have no idea. When to tune in? You have no idea, like what to that's do. Fair. Baseball, the baseball a, games.
0: Three years with, with being a Phillies fan, it's been all yeah. fucking pitchers.
1: Yeah, the baseball
0: games a grind. a Baseball games a grind to begin
1: with, and yeah. now you add in the fact that I'm waiting around for, you know, f- potentially the fifth inning, or maybe the fourth inning, or maybe some guys change out after the f- after the third because they get two at bats. Some guys don't change out till the sixth because that's when they get their second at bat. It's like sure, sure, all over the map, and then and then you get guys who get one inning because they need to get everyone in. And it's like bullshit, you know, like that's the thing that frustrates me the most is, is you never know when, when you're going to be able to see the guy from your team, which is in all reality, a, what you're doing.
0: That's a fair, that's a fair assessment of it. Cause at least like hockey, it's obviously lines and, and, and what usually one guy on your team, you know, if he's either on the first three or the second three basketball, they at least try to, they try to get it in as well, but uh, or get everybody, uh, circled in as well, but yeah, I don't know. There's something to me. Maybe it's just the fact that the the MLB All-Star Game is how I was introduced to All-Star Games when it was in Philly in 1996. Um, and me being jealous, some of my friends got to go. My parents didn't take me.
1: I mean, you were six years old.
0: Uh, I was five. I didn't even turn six yet. Yeah. Well, you're, Were you really going to appreciate it, is the point? I watched the game on TV at the vet. Um... <laughs> Anyway, now that we're talking about my life, Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's something where, where at least compared to the two that they're definitely the best. And I think the hockey skills competitions until the home run derby changes format, the hockey skills is great, but I was thinking about this earlier today, the hockey and basketball skills competitions. You're definitely watching if you're a junkie of that sport of which you and I both are for hockey. The home run derby, I feel like a ton of people just tune into because it's a thing. It's like what the NBA dunk It's like what the dunk contest used to be for the NBA. It was just a a must watch. There's a lot of storylines around it. They try to have a lot of fun with it and keep it loose. So that's part of what I think think has the. Uh, the it's facto flair to it, and and keeps people coming back. Yeah, the, and you're
1: right. There is no. It's just the home run derby, so there's you know you're really only, you know you're watching one thing. Um, yeah, and
0: now and now that it's now that it's timed and that it goes, it's solid. It goes from eight to ten thirty, you know wherever. I feel like that it you now like little kids can actually watch the whole thing. If you're at a bar, you can actually like keep an eye a little bit on it and see like, all right, we're moving along. We're not still having fucking Josh Hamilton as awesome as that was. We're not like seeing, all right, he's still up. Oh, and he didn't even win. Oh my God, what the hell happened? Um, I just feel like it's it's such a it's a condensed and quality product. The skills competition for hockey is good. The basketball one, it's just, it's just the different positions for for basketball, make some of it fun, like funny to watch of like the big man versus the guard and the dribbling thing. But I don't know. I mean, again, it's, if you're a junkie of it, like third and girl fucking loves it because she loves basketball, but I can never really get it, get it completely up for it.
1: Yeah. And and they don't show every contestant and it's like, they, they only show certain things because they're like, Oh, people only want to see the dunk contest, but whatever. But yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with you. Um, you know, you could argue that, they have the best skills portion, but in terms of game itself, um, regardless, we're down a rabbit hole. Um, Jordy, what are you looking
0: most forward to in the all-star game? I'm excited to see, well, for one, that, that the right players who should have gotten in ended up getting in. Um, and that's because some people were hurt or elected not to play we, especially the pitchers. We talked a lot, a lot about that on the last episode that they're, are obviously going to be pitchers that just pitched and they're not going to be eligible. So they're going to sub in some guys like a Scherzer. He's not pitching. So the guys like like Sonny Gray, who's having a good season with the Reds uh, circling back to that, or Felipe Vasquez of the Pirates. They got thrown in there. Um, other guys, though, because certain guys who deservedly got in either as a replacement or guys who who are going to replace uh, guys who are voted in starters like JD Martinez or Glyber Torres guys and, and Greg, I'm not going to forget him because we talked about how big of a, uh, of a sub it was. Andrew Bogarts, they deservedly get their spots replacing guys who were hurt. So I'm happy to see that. Um, but yeah. What I'm, what I'm most looking forward to is to see how the, how these guys mesh up against one another. Cause I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see the, the, especially the first three on both teams. I think it's going to be fun to see Yelich Javi Baez and Freddie Freeman bat against Verlander. And I think that I think Jin Ryu, his first, I mean, he's obviously been on the Dodgers for the last couple of years, but his first big moment against George Springer, DJ LeMahieu, and Mike Trout, I think is going to be pretty cool. And then seeing how the hometown guys do. It's always fun to see the different applause, especially in years that aren't overshadowed by a guy retiring like you mentioned Jeter uh the big poppy retirement although he had an unreal performance in his final all-star game uh Mariano Rivera and they had all the song and dance around that those are the big 3 i can think of but there's some others that have been out there it's going to be pretty cool to watch and and i for one love the all-star game like i mentioned so i just i love the intros i love everything about it i think it's just pretty cool
1: yeah no i think uh i like the the rio line and and I think the only thing I would have liked to see is maybe Shohei in the uh, Home Run Derby or maybe – I mean, the American League was stacked, so it's hard to see how he gets in.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Did they they make a solid choice on whether or not they wanted guys who made the All-Star team in the Home Run Derby or like non-All-Stars in the Home Run Derby? You know what I mean? So why did Vlad Jr. get to go? Uh, that's actually a good question. So that answers it for me. Uh, whoops. Or is he like, game? He might be in, the, uh, I don't know if he can be in the futures game. Cause he's been, he's been uh, in the yeah, league for like league. three months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So that answers my question for me. Uh, smart guy over here. No, uh, that's actually a really good point. That would have been cool to see, see Otani on there and it would have been fun to watch. Um, I don't know. it, He'd be, he'll be really cool once he starts pitching again. Cause obviously we have talked about this a bunch. He wasn't supposed to play cause of the Tommy John and he was able to bat. He's been playing DH. I think that'll be really cool to see in a, in a future all-star game, but that would have been, that would have been cool to see him be in the, the, the HRD.
1: Yeah. And I think this would be the year to do it because you figure other years they wouldn't let him because he is pitching. Yeah. Um. So you, yeah, you'd, I don't know.
0: But did he even get asked?
1: Know, that's a great question, but I don't know yeah. the answer. But that's my point is that you figure this would be the year
0: for them to do it for him to do it simply because like I said who would you have replaced though? That's that's probably my big my big thing. Cause you there are guys like that aren't maybe name brand, but you gotta give the give them the credit of of asking them at least to be in the home run derby. Um
1: I mean, Acuna's not a huge home run guy, maybe? I don't know.
0: Uh but he is the he's the future. Yeah, he's, he's he's an electric like when he's hitting home runs and he's hitting, he's he's got it going on. I mean I mean he's definitely somebody like he's the face of baseball, he's a young guy. You want you want as many young dudes there as well, as great as it would be to have like Mike Trout, Bryce Harper was an all-star this year, have Bryce Harper, have you know Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, you know, all these these big names, but you also want to have a, a good mix of young guys. You want to spread it out. I'm glad there's that I mean, everyone is, is like, from different teams. Yeah. But like didn't, wasn't Jock in it last year. Jock's been in a, in a, a number
1: of times. Yeah, yeah. So do we really need to see him again? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. You know, like especially cause you know, even guys like Hunter Renfro or I mean, maybe, Renfro, they, didn't, cool. yeah, maybe they didn't ask him even Gary Sanchez. I know he's, Whatever, even Freddie Freeman from last year, Jorge Solar. I mean, I just think
0: Solar well, would have been a good one. Yeah, did they Shohei- split it? Let me ask that. Let me uh count this up one, two. Yeah, so it is four, it is four American and four national. So yeah. I think that's also part of it. I just, I just think that maybe Shohei should have, could have, would have. Uh, I mean, they've cool. they've done 10, 10 total in the past. Do you think they should expand the field? No, because I think they keep it the bracket, keep it eight, keep it shorter. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good. Yeah. Anything else in the All Star couple days here? Not nothing. Nothing uh, that I can think of directly. I know. Um, I know the NHL hasn't in the last couple of years unleashed their schedule the day after. That's also part of it too, is you get to hear what the Winter Classic is going to be and all that sort of stuff. So like, just a fun week. Obviously, they get the extra day off, so everything will start Friday. But for the se- the the second half or the official second half, but. Yeah, I mean I'm i I'm excited for it. I think it's I think it's gonna be a fun game. I think Cleveland will be will be a cool experience. How often do you think we're gonna get different rock and roll references throughout the broadcast?
1: It's <laughs> a great question.
0: Um, yeah. hmm. Who's it's on ESPN? No, the All Star games on Fox. The ESPN is uh, the home run derby. Joe Buck.
1: I feel like Joe Buck tends to stay away from those corny things.
0: Yeah. Huh. I always well, look forward to, to the Celebrity them. All-Star game, but uh apparently some guys were hitting absolute dingers yesterday. Well, apparently uh JR Smith was shirtless throughout the whole game. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. I wonder uh, yeah. Oh, did we didn't get a chance to talk about this when we were talking about the Reds. Did you see that they played sleeveless yesterday?
1: Well, that was going to be my uh, my one of my Bleacher creatures for the for the first yeah. half. Yeah. I think it was, and some of the guys were like putting water and Vaseline on their muscles to make them shinier in the sun. Oh yeah, yeah, you could tell Puig was. I'm surprised that they didn't. They don't have uh, worse farmer tans. Some of the players.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they if they you know like guns out, guns out during batting practice. That's what we used to do in the, high school. Roll them
1: up. Um, not all of us played baseball. You know, I, I was gonna ask like, if uh, did you like. The um you know, like when golfers, you know, you could see their farmers' tan on their arms yeah. and even when they take off their hat, some of them anyway.
0: The funny the funniest was uh is the Stuart Sink picture. With the, the hat tan. He's he's a he's the bald golfer that takes off his hat. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 his face
0: yeah. is tan and the top of his head's white. <laughs> Yeah, but Greg. Since we uh we we didn't mention them, uh, just another quick bleacher creature. I have two of them, uh, so I'll save the other one later. Let's hear um, it. One is there's a video that of uh, Manny Machado betting his contract that the Padres will win a World Series before the Dodgers.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. Bold Lofty. words there.
1: That's bold. Maybe he's hoping. Bold. Maybe he's hoping and wishing and knowing that the American League teams are just better. I mean. We'll, in see. we'll of, see in terms happens. of the, in terms of the top teams com- compared to the Dodgers, even though the uh, Dodgers, we'll the Dodgers have been on a mission this year.
0: Yeah, they have been. They've been unreal. That was a, I mean, it wasn't a surprise, but that's probably uh, the that's probably the the least surprising fact that the Dodgers are 60 and 32 heading into the break. But then that takes us right into expectations for the second half. Greg, what do you expect? And we'll start in the NL. What do you expect out of the second half in the National League? Um, National League,
1: uh, I think I'm expecting the Dodgers to run away with it, which they're already doing. I don't see them slowing down at all, barring an injury. Um, It's going to be interesting to me to see the Nationals, Phillies, Diamondbacks, and then everyone in the Central except for the Reds race, uh, Reds and Pirates race for the wild card. Um, and I think if you're if you're Nationals, Phillies, Diamondbacks, I think you're playing against an opponent that's not. You're racing against an opponent that's not in your division. Yeah, six six games in the East is the NL East is a lot to overcome, but not unsurmountable. So there's a chance that the nationals or Phillies could potentially catch the Braves. I personally don't see it happening. So in theory, you're, you're racing against your, each other, you're racing against the NL central. Um, and then the diamondbacks out West and the Padres, even the Rockies, you know, the Rockies always go through a September, August, September heat up as soon as it, as soon as it's not snowing and, In Colorado you know they they tend to turn it on um always in the the second half after the all-star break that's been their mo and I don't foresee it being any different uh this year And, and maybe I'm wrong but um I think I think the Brewers make a big move I think they make a big pitching move um at the break and and it's gonna be a hell a hell of a race here for the playoffs in the national league. It's going to be as tight as it was last year. Um, and I think that's a good thing because the American league is so top heavy in terms of realistically, there's seven teams that'll probably be fighting for the six spot or the five spots. Um, sorry, eight teams for the, for the six spots, whatever it is.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) the point is that, you know, it's, it's, going to be like not as there's so many teams not as not as um that's what i'm looking forward to the national league is is how exciting it is that you have three teams in the west that are still in the wild card chase you have all five teams in the central that are not only in their division but the wild card race um more so the their division than the wild card and then you have you could throw the mets in there you have three teams in the east that are definitely still in the wild card so it's uh it's gonna be a, a hell of a second half, I think, and not a lot of teams are gonna be selling. That's why I'm concerned is that not a lot of teams are selling, and the teams that are selling, let's say, the American League terrible teams like the Blue Jays and Orioles and Tigers, White Sox, Royals, Mariners, they're all except for the Mariners, they're all in a young rebuild. So they don't really have that older superstar on one or two year contract left. So there's not a lot of guys out there to be had. You could argue the Marlins, same thing, too young to be selling off. The Giants have some older pieces. The Mets have some older pieces. You could argue those are two teams that could be sellers, but there's not a lot of teams that are going to be sellers, I think, just because the majority of teams are already young, rebuilding type thing.
0: Yeah, I could see maybe like Kansas city trying to shop Jorge Solaire and see what they might be able to get for him. I think they might ask for a little more than, than what they want for it. But yeah, it, it I think pitching out of Cincinnati might, might be a hot commodity. We mentioned a little bit of, uh, we didn't really man, mention San Diego, but we mentioned a little bit of uh, a little bit of Detroit, a little bit of Texas, a bullpen arms. All of them have, have bullpen arms. They could probably spread around uh, De- uh, Detroit as more of just uh, more batters, maybe some bats off the bench. It'll be really, really interesting to see because the trade talks are going to escalate quickly with now no waiver wire or no no August waiver trade deadline, I should say. So it'll be, I feel like if there are big names, there are going to be a lot of guys going after it and a lot of talks. So a lot of different guys on the phone, a lot of, a lot of different rumors escalating basically right up until the day. We might see some of these trades get done. Right after the All Star Breaker, within that first week, to avoid trying to to avoid teams trying to have the seller squeeze as much as they can, they may just sh- say "fuck it" and either send them cash or maybe an extra pro- maybe an extra C or C or B prospect. So we'll see how that all goes. But I agree with you. If if a team like let's just throw out Pittsburgh, if they don't curl off and they're right in that race, kind of like last year when they traded and got Chris Archer, you know you could see you could see. A, a big stay pad, especially within the national league. Uh, so that's a really good point there, Greg. Uh, Thank you. And even, trade- even, even, even team like the reds who are surprisingly in it.
1: And yeah. I think they're surprising themselves and that could, that could stay up through um, September when it's too late to trade people. Sorry to yeah. cut you off. So what are you looking forward no, no, to? No, no no. no, no, no.
0: That's a really good point though. Cause now, because now you don't have August kind of as that, way we've talked about it the last couple of years of that. The second wild card has really made the August waiver wire deadline. The big thing we saw Justin Verlander get moved a couple years ago. We've seen a lot of different names. Obviously that whole Josh Donaldson to, to Cleveland thing last year was the bigger story, one of the bigger stories, but that's become when the, the bigger pieces get added. And now that it's just one deadline, it's going to be a major storyline. And I think it's something that it's going to really all of a sudden hit us like a tidal wave. Uh, but to answer your question, what, I, what I'm looking forward to in the NL, I agree with you. It's going to be how this race develops. I think Atlanta is going to cool off. I think at this point, you're six games up on, on Washington, six and a half up on the on the Phils. I think that that as long as they remain probably 60% team in terms of wins and losses, I think that's huge. Um, the one thing that they versus – any other team in the National League has is that they – or any other team in the NL East has. They've played the Central a ton. They've played the, Braves, the West a ton. They,
1: they being the Braves.
0: The Braves, yes. Yeah, sorry, pronouns. Uh, they've played the Central a ton. They've played the West a decent amount, but more more so than than the Phillies and Mets have, and, and uh, the Marlins have played them the least. Washington's played the West a lot as well, but they haven't really played the Central a ton. The Braves have played the East. They have a lot of games left against the East, and I think that's going to come to their advantage. Some games still against the Phillies. They only played a few times in the first half, so that's the Phillies' real opportunity to get some damage done. But we saw last week how that went, where if Aaron is not on the hill, the pitching has a hard time putting away that lineup. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing that they have going for them. So I feel like it's not it's certainly not locked up by any way, shape, or form because they have to go – two San Diego which could be tough right out of the All-Star break and then to Milwaukee so a pivotal series there. But yeah, I think just kind of going back on the macro level on the on the National League, how this re- how this pennant race is going to shake out because the NL Central is so tight because Arizona's surprisingly still up there, San Diego's playing 500 ball right now and Colorado like you mentioned is a good second half team. They're pitching, if they can tighten it up just a bit, they don't need to be the the Tampa Bay Rays they don't need to be this lights out team because their offense can get it done and you're expecting their pitching to let up runs at Coors Field this race I feel like is going to get tighter and tighter and all in division race in in the east I think is going to get tighter I know you you don't think so I expect the the central to stay the same sands maybe Pittsburgh and Cincinnati but I think St. Louis is sticking around and I think those west teams are just going to put more and more fire on the rest of them for the wild card so I think we might see some over we might see some overpayments in terms of trying to get bench bats try to get bullpen arms even some starters you might see some real some huge prospect moves to try to get a starting pitching arm that's something the Phillies need if Washington can add another starter and their offense continues to pump out the way that it is who knows they they might lock up the first the first spot that's an over exaggeration I'm imme- immediately regretting saying it <laughs> because Milwaukee's a wild card team and right now on the outside looking in but you're getting what I'm saying. No, I mean... I think it, that it, might be something that happens, is that well, we see we see teams think, we need to buy right now, and I feel like July 20th is going to be the big the big buy date. If it was today, Jordy, the Phillies would be in the wild card. They'd be in Washington. Could you imagine that? Greg, do you remember all the coverage that, that the first game the Phillies played in Washington had because of Bryce Harper being there? Could you imagine a, a Bryce Harper road playoff game in Washington? No, that'd be unreal. It'd be, un- it'd be unreal. Yeah. It'd be so much fun to watch. It was so funny watching it too. My one friend, is, he's a—he's my one roommate from college, a huge Red Sox fan, but just moved to D.C. His brothers lived there. His brother went to America and has lived there since college. So they went to the game and he kept texting me after every Bryce Harper strikeout. And then uh, curiously didn't when Bryce Harper then doubled and hit a home run. But, mm. you know, interesting. Uh, you know, it, is, it is what it is, but it'll be so much fun to watch that game if that ends up happening, which who knows? I, I think you can't count out Milwaukee. You can't, I think you can't count out St. Louis at this point, but their pitching has to, their pitching has to continue to be as hot as it has been recently. You can't count out the Phillies. I'm saying that biasly, but also I think the Phillies add an arm, which I think that's what Klintak's going for. That's going to happen. And their offense is going to get better and more consistent at this point, Can where the your, water, where the water is, it has to, and, and please your question. Can I ask your question? So the Phillies have
1: bullpen issues. The Nationals yep. have bullpen issues. The Red Sox have bullpen issues. The Mets have bullpen issues. Where are all these bullpen arms?
0: All these, all these quote-unquote te- top teams in the races have – You mentioned a couple weeks ago the White Sox have a couple guys. They could get, they could get it from there. San Diego has a few yeah, I'm just confused. You know, like all these top teams need bullpen guys. And that's why I think there's going to be a lot of overpayments. I think mm. it's going to be, I think the tri- I think if you're, if you decide to sell a player, I think that you are going to get not a King's ransom. I think, but I think you're going to get a, you're going to get five quarters for the dollar. You shell out. I'll put it that way.
1: Nice. Little, little uh, accounting talk for the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Right. Um, Jordy, switch gears, American League, second half story. Yep. You want me to start? I did National League started. Why don't you start with the American League?
0: Okay. Yeah, I mentioned it before. I expect the East race to really tighten up. I think the Yankees, I still think they're, they'll be on that pace to win 100 games, but I don't think they'll be on pace to win 110 like they are. I'll be really excited to see what Tampa's pitching does and see if they can remain the best re- staff in baseball. And I expect the Red Sox to get better by adding an arm, maybe two arms, and I expect their offense to explode. I think that's going to be, be the race. And I, and as sad as it is to say C- Cleveland might be out of it, I feel like it's a Tampa, Tampa, Boston, New York. One's winning the East, the other two of the wildcard teams. I think that's what I'm going to expect. I hope Cleveland stays as hot as they were coming into the all-star break. I hope Oakland sticks around because they're always fun to watch. Their pitching staff is interesting. Their offense is really exciting. Um, and I don't expect Texas to stick around. So that's that's on a grand macro level, my biggest expectation. And I think we're going to see some sales out of Chicago, Kansas City, and probably Seattle.
1: Yeah, and that's always been the scary part. Um Nine games in terms of Red Sox is a huge, huge number to overcome. Um, And especially with Oakland, who gets to play in the West and has that easy schedule, and Cleveland who gets to play in the Central with that easy schedule. um, You know, nine games is a lot. I mean, if it stood as it stands now, you're looking at um, either – you're looking at Cleveland and Tampa Bay as as your wild card teams um, with Oakland – just because of tiebreakers, all that stuff. But um, that's a great little prediction there, Jordy. I think the Yankees hold, countering your your prediction, I think the Yankees hold top there. But I think it's a great little thing, to, a great watch list, because you're right, the Rays typically tend to fade in the second half of the year, even though you know last year they didn't, but they also gave up their second and ended up having to um, miss in the playoffs, right, because of it. So they faded certainly last year but not, not as much as other teams surged, uh, if you will. Um, and I think Oakland being a team that was there the whole year last year, hot the whole year, and, and same with Minnesota and Cleveland, you know, those teams, I feel like, I personally think the Rangers are going to fade. I think Minnesota-Cleveland is is a race that's going to heat up and a race to watch. Um, you and I talked about Minnesota in the, in the beginning of the show. I think is this them sputtering now, and 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 Cleveland taking off? Is this sort of the beginning of the end for Minnesota? Is this, or is this just a dog days of summer? You know, they'll be fine moving forward here. Um, I think Cleveland, my bold prediction: Cleveland ultimately catches Minnesota, passes Minnesota, takes first place in the Central, leaving Minnesota uh, fighting for a wild card spot. If not owning the first wild card spot and having the rest of the teams really uh, battling it out for the second wild card spot, the rest yeah, of the team, I,
0: I could see them being the first wild card team. I think their pitching is probably gonna gonna uh, slow up a little bit. I think their offense though pro- will stay as hot as it's been. They really tear the cover off the ball. But yeah, their pitching's been their pitching, as you mentioned, is kind of skidded into the into the the uh, All Star break here. So we'll I, see how they go. But I, I think, think what, their offense think, can keep it up.
1: Yeah, I think. But I think the only thing the offense right now is that when one guy's slumping, the others are not. You know what I mean? They, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They pick each other up in that regard. Um, but what gets me is that they put up a ton of runs. They put up tied for the most with the Red Sox. Um, and like you said, their pitching is 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 incredible. But I just. I don't know, there's something about them. They don't have that that go to guy that that lead horse, that lead face that you kind of need, right? Every team sort of needs that. they need that guy to to shape the identity of the team, if you will. yep right. you look at all you look at all the teams that' have won World Series in in the last x amount of years. They all have a face, they all have an identity. They all have sort of a, a, a true team atmosphere DNA of who they are. And I don't know that the twins have that, um, and ultimately that will be their downfall. And and I'm a big proponent of that, a big believer in that. And even you know, I kind of we talk about a lot with the, with football and, and and Super Bowls and how you know teams that have identities, teams that have you know they're worth playing for something. They have that chip on their shoulder. They have that sort of thing like last year was David Price and Chris Sale being terrible in the playoffs and JD Martinez being brand new to the playoffs and the Dodgers being such a wagon and they got Machado and they're gonna be so much better and then the Astros being such a wagon the Yankees having the most home runs ever they were just the underdogs even though they had the best record in the league and they were always the underdog and that was sort of their identity and that's something that I Minnesota can play off of that underdog thing but my bold prediction I think is just because they don't have those, those, that one yeah. guy to, to overcome that, that underdog thing. You know, they don't have that one guy to, to propel them. I think my storyline will be the Indians catching them and the Twins sort of losing control of the Central, but still hanging on, uh, to the wild card spots. Nah, which, it, which, yeah. which makes it even more impossible for a team like, you could argue the Red Sox, who are seven games back of Minnesota or, um, Oakland, who's five or six games back, um, you know, and you know, make it even harder for teams like that to make the playoffs. Let alone,
0: yeah, I, I hear you there. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, where if Minnesota doesn't do something quick, they could find them. You, they could find themselves with Cleveland right ahead of them or right, right on there. Um, I just think yeah, Cleveland,
1: think he, Cleveland having all the high all, all this momentum going to the All Star game, hosting the All Star game. You and know, getting healthy is yeah, the big thing, exactly. And then being home again, right for the for the All Star game, is just right after the All Star game. It's just everything is playing into them having a, a, a run here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think this is finally what we thought was going to happen. We thought they were going to, we thought they were finally going to take over and get their get going, and and they finally seem like they're going to. Their pitching staff is at all these different different injury problems and now health problems with uh, carlos carrasco and we hope he's doing okay with this, uh getting diagnosed and everything but yeah you know it we'll see how um how it goes because I, I agree with you i think it's going to be something to certainly to watch for because shane bieber and trevor bauer who quick bleacher creature why is he giving drone tours of the stadium for the all-star game <laughs> of all things why didn't he learn his lesson after the world series with the drones I mean, it seems obvious. I don't know. He just loves – he's addicted <laughs> he, to drones.
1: He, he's a big drone guy. You know, he's it's, big one drone the, guy. it's one of those things, Jordy.
0: You burn me once, I'll figure it out the next time. I guess so. But, yeah, I mean, Corey Kluber still still banged up. You got different guys who have made made a number of starts but have been battling injuries, and I think once their pitching staff gets healthy, once the rest of their lineup gets healthy, I think this team is really going to take off and do well because. You know, they have been, obviously been most recently, but I think they can continue to really build on this momentum. And I think they're going to make that a race. I still think I agree with you. I think the three teams in the in the NLE or the AL East are going to be the teams to watch and expect to see in the playoffs. But I'd like to see Minnesota over Cleveland, but I don't think both of them are getting it. That's a, that's a great bold prediction. I like it. I, yeah. I,
1: Beginning of the year, Jordy. I think I, I think I personally said all three American League East teams make the playoffs. I think um, You did as well. That being the Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox. So I hope that your second half prediction is correct, just because that's what I had in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I think it, I really think it comes down to the Central. Like if it, it's Cleveland. If if Cleveland stays hot, then. Then you're fighting Minnesota. But if Cleveland falls off and, and continues to sputter like they did all the beginning of the year, then which I don't necessarily foresee based on like you said, now they're healthy and they're finally healthy and turning things around that way. I think it could be an A least thing to lose, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh I don't know. I think I think both are gonna be fun. And I think we're gonna have some real except for the NL West the NL and AL West. I think we're going to have some real fun division watches, obviously some really good wild card watches with multiple teams. And it's not going to become the, the four team races that it became for the four different spots of two division winners, two wild cards like it was last year. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think we're, we're getting back to a, to a good, healthy chase down September, but we'll see if we're even right in two months when September starts, Greg. Wake me up on September ends, Jordy. Ex yeah, the NHL comes back. <laughs> <laughs> and playoff baseball, of uh, course. Um, anything else before we wrap this thing up? Um,
1: Stevie G was in town, went to the Fish concert at Fenway both nights. Um, you, you and him went? No, Stevie G just went. Uh, both Steve, just Stevie G went? Yeah. Um, yeah. But got to see him, which was a nice little surprise. And, uh, That's awesome. Now that not that anyone cares, but now that you're joining uh, a fantasy football league with Stevie G, you'll be able to see his sports knowledge firsthand, not that you haven't already, but even more so.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, excited excited for that, and it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, the one last thing I had, Greg, I I'll saw this before we got on the air. You,
1: you mentioned a, another bleacher creature.
0: Yeah, this is the other bleacher creature, um, and it's more of a of a screw-up on Major League Baseball's part. They have I guess they have banners all over the place for the different teams in baseball, the different divisions and the featured player for the Phillies Greg is Bryce Harper who is not in the All-Star game. So uh yeah, b- baseball or major league baseball really uh paying attention to who made the teams. Good
1: for good for them. Good for good for major league baseball, good, good. for the good for the PR to team whoever uh whoever good for made Bryce
0: he still got to show up to the all-star game. Never gave that like, mistake. Like Tony Romo finally getting to go to the Super Bowl this year.
1: Yeah, right? Nice. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> well played. Uh, he did great. No, I, I – um, I, yeah, no, nothing to add. I think uh, it's been a hell of a year. I think it's been an unbelievable start it's gonna be a crazy, exciting finish, and
0: uh, go Sox, dude! Let's go Phillies, baby! That, that's gonna wrap things up for us. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Facebook and Instagram, just like the website. Greg, thank you very much, my man. This was a ton of fun. Go Sox! Go Sox!
1: Go Sox!
0: Go Sox! Go Sox! Go Sox! Go Sox! Go Sox! Go All right, for Greg P. I am Jordy Canell. Have a great week, everybody! Go Sox! Yeah. go Sox! Go Phillies! Go Sox!